welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. As we leave this place, I pray there'd be action, clear action steps in each person's heart of how they're to follow you that little bit more. I pray for perhaps someone discouraged or going through a difficult season. I pray, Lord God, that you would lift their head in this time. I believe, Lord God, that this place I believe this place is a place of transformation. And I thank you, Lord, for what you continue to do. And we give you all the praise and the honor. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Declare with me, Jesus. I thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. I declare today that I can become and I will become all that you've called me to. In Jesus' name. Come on, one more time. Just give the Lord a hand. Come on. I've had to see Started my message. I'm crying already. What's going on? <laughs> you doing good? Yeah. I want to talk to you today about the power of one. I felt the Lord just give me this title uh, this week, earlier this week, the power of one. Can we say that together? The power, the power. of one. Many years ago, you may be familiar, uh, in the early 1990s, there was actually a, a movie called The Power of One. I remember watching it as a young lad, and uh, I was about a white little boy that I think had been adopted at that time and was raised by a black man in South Africa and again at that time it was apartheid was still a thing and he raised him to be a boxer and uh, he ended up becoming this amazing boxer and then there's this moment in the movie where Morgan Freeman um, and him are, are looking at this huge waterfall and Morgan Freedom, uh, Morgan Freeman, well he leads him to freedom but uh, he says this to him, he says, the largest waterfalls started with a single drop. The largest waterfalls started with a single drop. And this truth teaches us the power of one life. One life that makes a difference. You may not feel like you're giving Christmas away offering at one point can make much of a difference because it's, it's often the drop though. But I believe that as we unite together in the drops, we begin to, as a movement, and as a church, make a massive difference all over the place. Do you believe that? Yes. Listen, uh, Matthew chapter 2 says this. I want to jump into the text today, and I believe there are three unique things, three things that I, I want to share on and preach on around this thought of the power of one. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 says this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Let me ask you a question for a second. Who taught the wise men to look for a star? What one person? I, I never thought about this before, but think about it. You were not born wise. They were not born wise. You didn't pop out of your mummy's belly and the doctor smacked you and then you said something to him I'm wise I don't cry 
Like that has never happened. We learn wisdom, don't we? But as much as we learn wisdom, we also learn sometimes foolishness. How many of you have done some stupid things in your life? Come on, a couple of liars in the house. But most of you, most of you admit that you've done some silly things. I want to tell you the good news about wisdom. The good news about wisdom is simply you don't have to even consider yourself wise. You can just start doing what wise people do. Proverbs chapter 13 actually says this, walk with the wise and become wise yourself, but associate with fools and get into trouble. Remember Mr. T back in the day? What you talking about, fool? He says he who walks with wise people will be wise. And so if you are not uh, being stretched into wisdom, you need to consult who you're hanging out with. But I want you to consider this thought. Maybe the wise men were in church one day, in the synagogue, so to speak, or whatever, their little place, and there was a teacher there who was teaching them passionately, and maybe there was 20, 30 kids there, and maybe, for some reason, it was those three that began to listen about a time where there would come a star, and that star would be a unique star. And that unique star would actually point them to something so special. And perhaps the teacher said to them, whatever you do, make sure when you find this star that has that wonder about it, that something about it, whatever you do, follow that star. Have you ever noticed that often with a group of friends, there's someone who's always up for adventure? (laughs) See, here's what I believe about the wise men that I've never thought about, and I cannot prove it biblically. So if you want to check, you can't. But here's my belief about the wise man. I believe that one of them first thought to themselves, why don't we follow the star? And one of them, who's the adventure type, he says to his other friend, hey, why don't we follow the star? You always got that one friend who's up for adventure. You got a friend who's first, like, yeah, let's do it. You got another friend, he's up for it. The other friend isn't. And I don't know why, but there's always one dude who's like, let's jump up a plane. The other guy's like, yeah. The other guy's like, no. He wants to sit on the couch and and watch Netflix instead of jump. But I believe this, that the two wise men convinced their other sit-on-the-couch friend, you need to come and be a wise man. Feel the power of sometimes your associations. See, I found this when it comes to men and women. We do the dumbest things in a group of people. And we do the smartest, wisest things in a group of people. Just take a group of people and put them, take a bunch of young men or young women and send them to Vegas. Got some stupid stuff going on, let me tell you. How many know that's why you're in the house of God? You are the smartest people in Lyndhurst, New Jersey, because you are sitting in the house of God. Do you believe that? See, I believe that one wise man had the decision to follow the star and he encouraged his friend who encouraged his other friend and they begin to follow something quite natural. It was a star, but there was a wonder about it. Someone say wonder. There was a wonder. There was something supernatural about it. God is speaking to them through the star, but watch this now. If they had never listened to their instructors, if they'd never listened to their teachers, if they'd never put themselves in a learning environment, if they've never had the humility of heart to say, I need to listen to other people, they never would have become wise. But how many of you know that you want to become wise? Right? None of us wants to be the dumb one. 
None of us wants, see, IQ, you got given IQ, but wisdom you choose. Come on, come on let, me, let me say it to this side of the room that didn't get this. <laughs> IQ is given to you. You didn't choose your IQ. Some of you might be Forrest Gump. Some of you might be Einstein and everyone in between, right? But how many know smart people can do dumb things? But here's the amazing thing. Actually, people who aren't even that as intelligent can do super wise things if they have a humble heart to say, you know what, I want to listen. I'm trying to help you today. See, I believe this, that when we begin to walk like the wise men, we begin to unlock the power of one in our life, the power of one step, one generous moment, one moment to say, I'm following God's voice. How many of you know that there are so many voices in this world? Gosh, there's so many voices. There's so many distractions. There's, you know, there's one tree in the Garden of Eden. How many know now there's just thousands of trees? It just feels like there's so many things luring and tempting you and and trying to get your attention. But I want to assure you today, among the voices that are trying to get your attention, there will be a star. There will be something where God is like, I'm trying to get your attention. And if you're listening, and if you're paying attention... And if you can literally see through the mess and the noise, you'll begin to see. And if you'll follow the wonder of the star, good things will happen in your life. Do you believe that? Come on, give the Lord a hand. This week, one of my heroes, honestly, of the faith, actually yesterday passed away, Reinhard Bonnke. I never had the chance to meet him, but I was affected. I uh, I have some books by him, actually, in my library. This man preached to more people live than even Billy Graham. He is not as well known, but he was really the evangelist to Africa. He was unusually a a German white man that God called to preach to millions in Germany. But I want to tell, sorry, in Africa. But I want to tell you this unusual story about him following God's voice. He gets to Africa. He's there with his wife and a child. And God speaks to him that he is to rent a stadium. He's like, God, I don't know anyone here. The Lord's like, rent a stadium. He's like, I don't want to. Rent a stadium. He begins to pray and he's like, God, I just get, and he gets all the money he has and he literally rents a stadium and then he goes and he knows no one. He literally goes to churches and knocks on doors like, hey, I'm renting a stadium. I'm going to do this evangelistic crusade and would you come? Would you bring some people to it? A couple of churches were like, yeah, I'll come. Others avoided him. Nice. And 100 people shot the first night, which is fine, except you're in a stadium. Like if I rented this facility and two people showed up and I'm on a microphone and I'm yelling at people, how many know that's awkward? He rented a stadium and 100 people show up. He's preaching his heart out and in the back of his head, he's like, God, what am I doing here? I'm in a stadium and there's 100 people. And he says in the middle of his sermon, literally this man cries out and goes, I am healed. He's like, this man is disturbing my sermon. And he keeps yelling out, I'm healed, I'm healed. And all of a sudden they find out this man is radically healed. There was no altar call. There was no one praying for anyone. And he's healed in that moment. Here's what's interesting. The next night, 35,000 people show up to that stadium because they needed God to touch their life. From that moment on, he began to... Come on, give the Lord a hand on that one. You 
you can take that picture down. But from that moment on, he began to build a team of people, and they bought a very significant tent, a tent of 35,000 people. Then so many people, he began to take it from one city to the next city in Africa, and it, the tent became too small. So they got another tent. It could fit 70,000 people. How I many of that's a big tent? He fits 70,000 people, and then one day a tornado literally comes and destroys his tent, ruins it. He's like, God, what do I do now? So God speaks to him and says, do it in open air. The next meeting, he has an open air crusade. 80 to 90,000 people show up. He begins to preach in front of crowds of 100, 200, 300. He preached in front of a crowd of 1.5 million people. A million people became his normal. Normal. He became his normal. But I want to tell you this, he followed the wonder. He followed the star. He began to follow what God had put in his life. And here's what I truly believe. You and I are not responsible for the results. But we are responsible to follow the wonder. You never know what's really going to happen sometimes if you do that thing that God has put in your life. But I promise you, you will not disappoint and you will not regret it. God has something for all of us. But sometimes in our individual culture, you know what we do sometimes? We begin to pray, God, make me a Reinhard Bonnke. God, make me a Reinhard Bonnke. And that's awesome. But at the same time, are you willing to do the little thing he asked you to do? Because sometimes people are so willing to be the great one, but not willing to be the little one. And I tell you, if if you'll place yourself where God says you'll be. Do you know the three wise men? We don't know their name. We just know they're wise. And they're one of the most famous people in all of the Bible. You're like, who are you in the Bible? Wise. (laughs) But your name's not there. You're like, yeah, it's me though. (laughs) But I believe this. One of the reasons that God leaves some people nameless is so that you and I can put our name in there. So that we can say, man, I will walk the way of the wise. I will walk the path of the wise. I will follow after God because you never know what God is going to do. If you unlock the power of one decision to follow the wonder, all of a sudden you'll actually discover that Jesus will be there. And I found this in the Christian experience and I pray and believe that it'll be yours too. As you follow the wonder, you'll see him clearer. And when you see him clearer, your natural, natural response will be worship. They showed up and there's gold and frankincense and myrrh. And the Bible says this, or theologians tell us this, that gold speaks of him being the king of kings and the Lord of lords. They were telling him, God, we honor you. Jesus, we honor you. Frankincense speaks of him being holy and righteous and an offering actually under God. And myrrh was used as an embalming material for dead bodies, giving a prophetic picture of the death of Christ. They brought Jesus, something valuable, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the Bible says that they worshipped him from their heart. They brought their che- the treasure chest of their lives. Are you with me? Church alive. Let me tell you what Professor Johanton Burnside said. Sounds like a professional name. He says this, when you're talking about Jesus, see, sometimes we, we use Christian language in Christian churches. They're like, I saw Jesus. They're like, wait, wait, did you see him? <laughs> see, when, when my youngest was young, when she was like four, we would say, hey, we're going to the house of God, and, and, and we're going to go pray, and, and uh, we're going to church. And then she would say to us, 
so when do we get to see him? And we're like, we see him, honey, with our heart. We get glimpses. How many know in worship you get a glimpse of Jesus? You get a glimpse. When you follow Jesus, you'll get a glimpse of Jesus. When you keep following the wonder of God, you'll get a glimpse of God. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to worship. And here's what a professor says. He says, we are talking about one person. He says, in one life which is so eternally and cosmically significant that we need the entire history of creation, covenant, and God's history with his people Israel just to get a handle on who Jesus is. The Apostle Paul actually said that we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. But the mirror of 2,000 years ago was not like the mirror of today. It was kind of this dull reflection. And he says, when we pray and we seek God, we see a poor reflection. But how many need to see a fresh reflection today? How many need to see Jesus just in a new way? It's kind of, I believe faith is often like bread. It's awesome when it's fresh. But four days, five days later, it's okay. But three weeks later, how many know it stinks? It's green, it's ugly, and you don't give that to guests. One of the reasons that sometimes people don't want our faith is because it's moldy. But if we'll keep our faith fresh, if we'll keep what God is doing in our life fresh, people will be attracted to it. People are not attracted to religion and rules, but they are attracted to life itself. God is life. Jesus is life. If I'm following Jesus, I'm following life. I need some life in me. How about you? Come on, I need some life in me. How about you? Jesus wants to give you life and life abundant. I love this quote by Darlene Check, the great worship leader. She said this, worship is an act of obedience of the heart. It is a response that requires the very core of who you are to love the Lord for who he is not just for what he does. The wise men follow the wonder and then they worship. And the Bible says there's something interesting. It says, and they opened up their treasure chests. And I know we're speaking gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but I want to kind of play with those words for a moment. Treasure chest. What is the most important thing in your life right now? And I would say to you, it is your heart. Kieran's trying to say, it's my wife next to me, but I, I, I like that, Kieran. It's good. But if you ain't here, you ain't here. <laughs> the most important thing in your life is actually your heart, who you are. Solomon said, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. And the truth is that sometimes we have a hard time giving up our treasure because we have not first given God our heart. And the reason that that happens is so often we look to ourselves, we're actually not walking by faith. I've actually noticed this when it comes to me. When I have a harder time with giving, it means I've looked to myself as my source. Whenever I have a harder time, whenever I feel like, oh, oh gosh, why does this hurt today? See, sometimes it doesn't hurt at all, but other times it hurts a little bit. Have you, have you noticed that? And it hurts a little bit. Are you with me? But when it hurts, it means I've, I've taken my eyes off. Him, and I put them on myself. And I want you to see this. They gave of their treasure chest. And I believe that when you open your heart to God, now he can change your heart. But he has to mess with you. He has to mess with your heart. And guess what? We don't like it, but he has to mess with your money. He has to. Why? Because Jesus says, wherever your money goes, there your heart follows. Have you ever invested in a stock? And when the stock went down, your heart went down. 
<laughs> when the stock went up, <laughs> I invested Bitcoin, I invested Bitcoin. Call me afterwards if you did, that's good. God bless you. Hear me now, God's primary method of providing for anything he does is through worship him. This is his primary method. God's primary method. Now, if watch this now. When Jesus, Peter comes up to Jesus, or one of the disciples comes up to Jesus one day, and they're like, Lord, we're going to pay our taxes. And he says, go catch a fish, and then look inside the fish, and there'll be a gold coin, and then go pay your taxes. How many of you would like that? But Jesus does that one time, one time, to show them that who he, that is Jesus. But interesting enough, the rest of the time, it was a group of women that actually were supporting the ministry of Jesus. How many know that women often have more, more discernment than men? Amen. All the women went, amen, amen. I'm, I'm married to this guy. Pastor, pray for him. He needs a little discernment. I, I have been shocked how many times the gift of discernment is a gift to me, but often God doesn't give it to me. He's already given it to my wife. Six months earlier, she knew something, and six months later, I'm like, yeah, I think that. She's like, I told you, babe. I told you, I promise you, this was a while ago. There was a moment where for a year she was telling me, fix this, do this. A year later, the Lord was like, she's not listening to his wife. Um, I'll just tell him. And for a month, he was bothering me about something. And all of a sudden, I got an electrician to come fix my house. And he said, you had a week till your house burned down. A year before, my wife's like, it's bothering me on the inside. <laughs> Something about women got that success to discernment, baby. <laughs> She's like, that's right, that's right. When you follow the wonder, it'll always lead you to worship. When you worship, it'll follow, it'll, it'll expose and illuminate the way. Listen to what the Bible says. In Matthew chapter 2, Speaking of the wise men, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. Someone say another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. I want you to notice this, that they followed the wonder to get to Jesus. They worship Jesus. They honor Jesus. They glimpse Jesus. They see Jesus. They open the treasure of their chest and their lives. And, and they become a picture of what it actually means to walk the way of the wise at that stage. And then they're about to go back to their home country. And what does God do? He says, I want to show them a different way. Because if they had gone back to Herod, Herod had all intent and purpose to kill Jesus. But here's the problem. How many know if a king tells you to do something 2,000 years ago, you better listen. King Herod told them, listen, search carefully for the Messiah. And when you find him, come back and report so that I will worship him. And he was really just trying to trick them. But when a king of that time gives you a suggestion, it's not a suggestion. It is a command. It is a must. A king at that time doesn't say, hey, if you'd like, when you find him, would you come on back? No, he says, go and do it. And when if you don't go and do it, he's sending his best, his seal team six to go find you and kill you. And so all of a sudden, these wise men are about to leave. And then God gives them another dream. God shows them the way. It's following the wonder that leads to worship. But it's worshiping that lets you and I know what's the next way forward. 
Where is the way? And often I meet people that go, Anthony, I need a word from God. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you followed the wonder? Are you following? Are you following? Are you worshiping with all your heart? But then God will show you the way. Let us be a church that is a church of wisdom, though. Not a church of foolishness. We must be a church that is a church. We must be men and we must be women of wisdom. Can I the worship team to come back? Let me, let me illustrate by saying this. God's word is his path. God's word is his light. If I violate the word of God or the light of God, I'm walking outside the counsel of his wisdom. And so sometimes we're asking for a light, but we're not listening to the light that we have. Does that make sense? And so I found that God actually will have supernatural moments with us, but we must follow that wonder and then we must actually bring our worship. And as I continue to follow the worship of God, what actually happens is he shows me the way. And here's the interesting thing. To really walk the walk of faith, you have to walk wisely. You have to do it day by day, day by day. And over the years, God will show you something else. Let me illustrate by this. On Transform, on our season finale of Transform on Wednesday night, it was a great night except Chris Diaz broke his ankle. Uh, Other than that, it was a great night. Good times. Um, But I had my plan what the night was going to go like and I think you should have a plan how many are planners in here you're a planner how many are more creative and you like to just go with the flow and just like to move and sail and the wind blows and you just go there <laughs> the interesting thing about God is God is actually both he is the ultimate planner no one plans more than God he'll say things 2,000 years before it ever happens but he already knows it's going to happen he set worlds and, and, and whole galaxies and solar systems in Alignment, he's the ultimate planner, but then if you follow God, we'll often write our little plans, and then I've often found that God wants to change my plan, or maybe he looks at my plan and goes, Anthony, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> it was Wednesday night, it was our season finale for men, and we'd had our games and we've had some people break their ankle. Not part of my plan. Then we had our MVP share on stage about how God had been changing and and um just getting momentum in their life was a special time and then we just had two songs the, the the goal was to just worship God for a little bit and as we're in worship I feel this tug in my heart Anthony I'm not done and I'm like Lord but men are gonna go home it's almost 10 o'clock at night and I'm wrestling God I'm telling God about my plan he's like I don't care about your plan your plan's crap <laughs> he didn't really say that but, but I find that Every time that God wants me to step out in faith, there's something in me that wants to do it, and there's another part of me that doesn't want to do it, but I'm like, God, but, I, but the men need to go home. And all of a sudden, I, I get up, and I just felt like we needed to press in to just a bit more of the presence of God, and felt like I wanted to share a story, and share the story of me, and, the, and, and when God filled me with the Holy Spirit at seven years old, and all of a sudden, I began to just pray for the men, and have them declare that God would do more in their lives, that they need the power of God in their life. And, and, and I have not felt a touch of God like that in this place in a while. And for some reason, just Wednesday, this Wednesday, I, I thought of Reinhard Bonnke as, as he would pray for people to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And all of a sudden, I was like, man, I just sense something so powerful here. But I've often found that God's voice in my life is something that I often want to resist. And you're like, how's that possible? You're the pastor. I don't know. Because I have my plans and I have my thoughts. But then I've always found this. When I obey and I follow, I've learned this. When I follow, it's way better. I promise you this. When I followed, I've literally learned this. If he's really telling me, I'm a fool not to follow. I really am. Because I'm I'm too blessed to just start doing dumb crap. I really am. But when the Lord puts on my heart, come up here, and we begin to pray for the men, and you can just tell, God moved. It was, it was one of those nights. But here's what's interesting. Then, when I followed the way, it brings me back to wonder. That wonder of God, you're so good. And that moment brings me back to worship. And then it leads me to know the way again. And then it's just a cycle of wonder and worship. And God, and it just... I need to know the way. See, I believe this. If you'll follow the wonder, God will lead you to worship. And then you're like, what do I do? Worship until you know the way. And then when you follow the way, I promise you this, you'll go back to wonder because His plan is better than your plan. Can you, can you, in your depth of your heart, can you know that right now? I promise you this, His plan is better than your plan. Like, I, you don't know my plan. I don't care. You're playing in there, good. His plan. Do you think the wise man looked back on their life and regretted following the star? Do you think they regretted worshiping? Do you think they regretted not going back to Herod? No. They learned what you and I need to learn. When we walk with the wise, we walk the walk of wonder. We walk the walk of worship. And we walk the walk of knowing the way. I was looking through Instagram yesterday. How many know the devil can speak to you on Instagram? (laughs) And God can speak to you on Instagram. I was just flicking through a couple of friends, a guy that I've met from Adelaide, Australia, had posted on Reinhard Bonnke. And I watched, I read his title, and when he, he just wrote this, what an amazing man of God rocked Africa. He, literally his team, not him, but his team brought over 70 million people to Jesus. Seven, like over 77 million people recorded decisions for Jesus in a lifetime 77 million that's a nation and as he read that then he wrote and I pray that God would raise up 100 more Reinhard Bonkies and I wasn't praying I was looking at Instagram I was just you know just scrolling through and all of a sudden the anointing of God began to come and all of a sudden I started almost wanting to cry wanting to cry and for some reason yesterday I was like oh man God maybe there's more I literally was like, God, I think there's more. I think there's more you want to do. I think this, I think I've dreamed too small for you, God. I just had this unusual sense of God wants to do more. 
I don't know what it is, but I couldn't help it. God wants to do more in you. God wants to do more through his house. God wants to do more in this church. God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. Come on, give him praise just for a moment. Come on, take If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.